0: I'm Dave Laird.
1: I'm Matt Booker.
0: And welcome to Concavity Show. Oh. Well, hey, Matt, we're here for episode 59 of uh, of The Great Concavity. And uh, this is kind of a, a weird one-off episode that's more kind of like an announcement episode i guess you could say
1: that's right and you know we haven't been on uh recording for a while so
0: apologies for that but we have been doing a lot of planning yeah it's been a a a couple few months of scheming since our episode with with chris via and uh just really reflecting a lot on uh what the show has been what the show might be uh and thinking about sort of the future and next steps yeah so we kind of we'll just we'll just kind of give sort of the exciting announcement here at the beginning and then we'll just kind of uh discuss why what led to what led to this choice and uh what it means, what it doesn't mean. and then at the end, you know if we have time, we'll talk about like what's some cool stuff you've been doing and reading lately and uh, give give the people you know what they usually come for, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So we've kind of been like a, a big conversation that Matt and I have been having over the years is like, um, you know, what is what is the identity of this show? Uh, obviously, it's been a podcast totally dedicated to the discussion writing legacy of David Foster Wallace. At five and a half years of doing the show, um, you know, we're starting to feel like okay, we've been interviewing a lot of writers, especially in the last year, you know, with like Adam Levin and Jessica Anthony and. Um, a lot a lot of others and like is it do we always want to talk about a writer that we're talking to in relation to this other guy you know this other guy wallace and always bringing the conversation back to wallace um so you know just grappling with that and does it make sense to continue to always be a single author single topic podcast uh obviously we talk about books and by a million other writers and you know, Wallace adjacent stuff and contemporary American fiction, yada, yada. Um, But we're sort of at a point, I guess, where we don't feel like we've exhausted the topic of David Foster Wallace. I don't think that's really possible, Um, but we do just feel like maybe uh, the space feels like we've, we've said a lot and uh, we've talked to a lot of different people with not a lot of recurring guests. And uh, maybe we want to go in kind of a, uh, not not a hugely different direction, but like a slightly different direction and almost like do a soft reset, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair to say, and that really what we're doing now is going to reflect what we've been doing for a while now, maybe years now, um, and so we are slightly changing the name of the show from Great Concavity to Concavity Show, which has been our email and our social media handles already for a long time, but really just formally changing the name is slightly a signal to say that, you know, we are evolving a bit as a show and i think that the evolution of any podcast is important and um uh, this is something that a lot of other podcasts have struggled with in the past is that once they get the format down is that how do you not just become repetitive right and any show is this way is that it becomes formulaic Um, how do you just not do the same thing over and over and how do you expand it or grow and i think what we initially learned is like we could have a lot of really interesting guests on the show Mm -hmm. and i think that that is the really heart and soul of our show is having different voices on where we have very few shows where it's just you and me dave yeah like it's very most of our episodes are us you know getting to talk to someone new yeah and to investigate who they are
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i think that that's what we want to do more of and so we want to signal that that's what really we're going to focus on mm-hmm. um and i would also say that the show was started you know without a lot of forethought I and that you,
0: yeah it was completely ad hoc and, and that and it well, was very experimental at the start like hey yep. do you want to try this thing and see sure if it works for us and if like anyone listens to it and if so like cool and then we just kind of went from there sure and i would say that it was actually a pretty good concept to begin with
1: and that anyone who wants to begin their own podcast now which i would encourage anyone listening to try uh, but getting the concept right is key right and i think some of the best shows that I've enjoyed listening to are people who say, I am going to investigate X by doing Y, you know, I'm going to do this, this way. And they really have that concept worked out.
0: Yeah. um, Like Serial comes to mind for that. Like that's the first podcast I ever listened to was Serial.
1: Sure. And actually I wanted to ask you about that a little bit and talk about, um, you know, what was the first podcast you ever loved? What do you like about podcasting? um because making this change has certainly made me reflect on that yeah um so you said
0: Serial was that the first podcast you ever listened to or the one you first one you ever loved uh, both i guess first one i ever listened to was like 2014 when we were living in tel aviv and rachel started listening to Serial, and it was like you know the hotness and i was like podcast, i don't know and then she listened to it, it was like this is great you should listen to it i was like all right so i just walk around tel aviv and listen to it in my headphones and got pretty hooked on it and um this is season one the adnan scion that's right yeah um and then after that i shortly after that i you know i hate to say netrunner again for the 150th time on the show but (laughs) don't don't ever apologize for that (laughs) a bunch of netrunner podcasts like there was some guys in vancouver doing one there's some guys in the uk doing one And they were so funny and and, uh, like, they're they're niche enough that it's like, I have this really hyper specific interest area. I wanna find other people who have that interest area and like dig it with them, you know? And then after that, uh, not a lot of other podcasts really. And then, you know, this was like 2015 after, uh, shortly after the conference where we met and uh, I was like, I keep searching in Apple podcasts. Like there's no David Foster Wallace podcasts like when is that going to happen and Rachel's like well why don't you just make it and I was like oh, yeah right and then I thought about it a little bit and then I thought about well you know, is that even viable is that too niche maybe that's too niche of a topic um, and then I started brainstorming people I knew that I'd met at these last couple of conferences and I instantly thought of you because we had a great three-hour conversation in O'Hare on the way home uh, just bumped into each yep. other and then um, so I just like pitched it to you in an email and you were like yeah let's just give it a shot and see, see what happens um yeah you? what I, were the what were your first um ones that you fell in love with
1: well it's funny because i think that um you know serial came out in late 2014 uh, and i remember it distinctly um coming out because it was such a sensation but uh, I, I mean, I was into podcasts way before that. Not to brag, but like that was my thing. <laughs> and uh, I, I... You know, the first podcast that I ever loved, that I really loved, was called Film Spotting. Mm. And I listened to this podcast in 2006, 2005. Like, before that I had a iPhone. Like, the iPhone hadn't even come out. Oh, yeah. And you had to sync your iPod you know with iTunes and download episodes yeah and with a physical
0: I, cable right
1: right oh for sure <laughs> and I remember I had heard about podcasts from my brother John I gotta give him credit because um, he got the first iPod in like October 2001 oh yeah and I remember he he came to Manhattan and we went to TechServe and he was telling me about some podcasts that he had downloaded and synced with his iPod and I was just like that's some Star Trek shit, man. Like I can't even, I can't even relate to that. Like in two thousand one, I did not have a cell phone. I was still using the pay phone. I could not even understand what he was talking about. But then, you know, I can say around two thousand five, I got a cell phone, moved to Austin, I got an iPod, and I started walking the. Do- I got a dog, so I used to walk the dog a lot.
0: That'll do it.
1: And I would listen to all kinds of talk radio and i mean i remember loving um this american life before that and radio lab came out around then 2004 2005 Mm -hmm. um somewhere around 2006 actually my wife got a job working in radio oh yeah um and i don't know if i ever talked about this on the show but she worked i don't know if i ever told you this story dave i don't think so um jordan worked for a, a show called earth and sky here that was produced here in austin and it was about what's going on with uh, astronomy. It was an astronomy podcast that was a daily show produced, I think it was like two minutes a day. And, <laughs> okay. And it was syndicated, though, across all kinds of NPR shows across the country. You know 150 npr stations carried this it would be just like here's a minute about astronomy and then we're like earth and sky and they would just like go into like you know what are the pleiades doing so she worked on like an astronomy podcast and she got to go i remember i think in 2005 2006 to like a podcasting conference and brought home a bunch of cds of like radio lab and uh i would say different podcasts that i had a lot of them don't exist anymore yeah um but i got really into this show called film spotting and it was hosted by three different guys and they rotated there was two main hosts and then one of them kind of rotated out brought in a new guy and it was so intimate like i felt like i knew these guys you know i listened to them all the time and they actually had really good ads and they advertised for like this dvd service i don't even remember the name of it but it was like you could take old dvds that you didn't watch anymore and print out like a piece of paper and fold the dvd and tape it into this piece of paper and mail it through the mail to trade with other people oh yeah and it was so great and like i did this all the time of like trading dvds through the mail and i just loved that podcast um and there was another one that I got to give a shout out to that was uh, from a Wallace Lister, um, Hillary Brown. Hmm. Hillary's, you know, been on Wallace L as long as I have, as long as I can remember. And Hillary's one of those people who I feel like I've known online forever, never met her. I'm sure she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can talk about her um and her husband Jared also a super interesting dude and they were like making podcasts with their friends back around this time like 2005 2006 wow. and they were hilarious like i i still remember like little skits and bits that they did from this like comedy show and just published online with their friends and i felt like i was one of their friends you know even though i didn't know them they didn't know me <laughs> but i was listening to their like inside jokes every week and i was like this is freaking great (laughs) and you feel uh, like one
0: of the cool kids when you're listening to it right like you're in a secret club or something
1: you know it was really that experience of going back now 15 years that i felt like just such an intimate medium and this is what i wanted to ask you about like what you like about podcasting because to me that's the number one thing is like the intimacy of the voices being in your head yeah. getting it's almost like getting to listen in on a phone call um, you know i used to live in rural essentially what it is <laughs> it, it is it is right and it's like i used to live in rural east texas where we had a party line telephone do you know what a party line is yeah and like occasionally you pick up the phone and like there's people talking and it's like it's just social mores that tell you this ain't your call. Put the phone <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But as a kid, you would just be like, I don't know, fucking listen to this. I'm sure plenty of adults like got off on that of just like, I'm just going to listen to the phone call. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, so I actually thought about this a lot today, and the second thing I like about podcasts is the guests. Right, we were able to bring on guests and meet people that we really want to talk to. You know, like you and I going back to that 2015 jessica anthony i remember talking to you about you know all kinds of people we both love the jim gower book and like you and i being able to talk about people and like oh i really am into this book and then bring them on the show um that's one of the best things that i like uh yeah so the first thing that i really liked was the intimacy of the voices second Mm -hmm. thing was the um bringing the guests you know the the people we talked to adam levin i guess you know with the instructions i remember you really liking that and getting to talk to adam levin i think was one of the high points
0: oh totally matt Luter texted me this morning and was like hey i just did a long drive uh listened to the adam levin episode uh really liked how you totally fanboyed to adam for a while (laughs) um i was like yeah i'm completely unabashed when it comes to that if we have someone on whose work that i've loved for a long time." I have no qualms with like stroking their ego for a while and being like, this is how your work has been formative and meaningful for me. And that's completely fine.
1: Um, Totally. And I would say the third thing that I love about podcasts in general, and also making this show is being able to like practice what you preach and, you know, to be able to say, you know, everyone has a voice. You have one. I have one. Let's, go out there and you know try this experiment um it's sort of like the old days with blogs where like <laughs> yeah. everyone had one right yeah. and you know you would get to know these different voices by reading their blogs and i'm a big fan of that like i think more people should do that like i kind of hate that blogs don't really exist anymore
0: yeah.
1: um and you know the Social media—I actually have a really love-hate relationship with. I wish that Facebook, Twitter didn't own every single aspect of what we publish online. Yeah, yeah, totally. Instagram too. I mean, so you know, the, those are some of the things. Is there anything else you want to look? You want to mention about what you like about the format? I mean, I haven't even mentioned the reviews and the feedback that we get is amazing.
0: Yeah, That's yeah, I think I think um, the thing that would jump out to me the most is like the sense of community that develops around a podcast or um, you know, the community that's developed around our listeners with, you know, with each other online that we like, you know, see conversations on Twitter and other places, but like um, just the sort of sense of uh, like camaraderie and love, like total bibliophilia that, that exists. Um, And like getting to meet listeners in person at Wallace conferences or like if there happen to be in my town you know, like once in a while I'll get a ping from somebody like I'm going to be in your city let's get a beer and that's awesome um so that is that is a really cool thing that like this can lead to actual real relationships in reality um and it's created some of my best friendships
1: yeah. oh to- totally so, i i totally get that too with mm. um you know, people who you see that they read the same books as you, they yeah. watch a lot of the same movies as you do, listen to the same music, mm-hmm. and like those are your people. Why wouldn't yeah. you want to talk to them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I'm really fascinated with you know podcasts, especially that spring out of other like fan communities. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of those are really, um, really interesting, and you know, there's a lot to to learn from other communities. Mm -hmm. um and you know you're a part of another big one with the the netrunner world Mm -hmm. uh and there's you know this whole other community right yeah um but the, the the fan group there um you know i'm sure it's a little different but in a lot of ways i'm sure that it's the same
0: yeah totally um there's there's so many parallels that you could draw between any kind of like really ridiculously hyper specific subculture like this, you know?
1: So we had this thing going on, <laughs> on the Wallace list. And I mean, the Wallace list is really like where I come from as a fan. Yeah. And you know, that's something that amazingly still exists and has existed for, you know, over 20 years and I've been involved in it uh, almost the whole time of this existence and there was a thing about you know outgrowing DFW this week or yep. last week. Yeah and that
0: article came out like a year or two ago, I think. Mm, I maybe even three it. years ago. Yeah. yeah it, three it's, years ago. Yeah.
1: But I wanted to bring it up because you know I think for me, you know, that it definitely um pushed some buttons of mine that I feel like there are a group of people like I was mentioning with hillary and stuff people that i've known for 20 years Mm -hmm. uh, and i would put you know people like brandon hobson in there Mm -hmm. um george carr marcel molina Mm -hmm. mark Bronner, um i mean there's so many people that i could name that maria um, Maria, are in that group that you know it's people that i've known for 20 plus years Mm -hmm. um and shout out if i didn't mention you i love you you know, they're <laughs> my people. But then there's a whole nother generation of people came along later, right? Yeah. Twenty After 2008. Yeah. Uh, and even 2008 seems like a distant memory in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And there's people that came along the past few years. And there's new people coming along all the time. Um, but one thing that those people have in common, I, I feel like is they're all interested in a lot of different other things. Yeah, and that if totally. you were to sit down with any of those people that I just named right now, mm-hmm. you could have really great conversation about current events, about music, about films, yeah, about you know any kind of media, art, and it would not just be limited to David Foster
0: Wallace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think probably like if someone did an analysis over last last fifty eight episodes and like logged what percentage of the time we actually talked about only Wallace versus any other subject it would probably be pretty a pretty small amount you know right or like less than half i would say um right and so for
1: two things there one is the world of books has always interested me you know from going back mm-hmm. 20 years ago when i worked in book publishing and i still feel like that's a sort of natural home for me there's so so many books that get published every year and most of them, the majority of them do not get enough attention. And that's one thing that our show can do is to bring attention to something that deserves it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I, I was talking to you about this earlier of like, you know, this experience of publishing in this current day and age really sucks in a lot of ways because, you know, you publish something, you tweet out a link for a day, a couple days, yeah. Uh, It gets like 10 likes and then within the few minutes, the whole world has moved on, you know, and it just, that's so anticlimactic. And I feel like, you know, one thing that our show can do is to try to keep some conversations going. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually feel like the conversation about infinite justice is important to keep going like forever. It's like, to me, like Ulysses, like, you know, I mean, Hemingway, I would put, you know, David Markson uh, under the volcano. There's a lot of books to me that are important that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you could just keep talking about pretty much forever. Yeah. Um, and that new people discover them and the whole world shouldn't move on. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I wanted to ask you about Dave was, you know, the reality we're in right now, which is COVID. And, you know, last year we canceled the, the Wallace conference yeah. um you and i have not met up since austin in 2019
0: yeah almost two years now yeah.
1: coming up on two years uh and it's probably going to be you know at least another year or two before you yeah. and i meet up uh, Yeah, probably a year do you want to explain why partly that is
0: um why we won't meet up for another year well because the, the wallace 2022 conference is being in austin next year uh, uh baby dave laird 2.0 oh uh, yeah sure okay we're expecting our second child in september yeah for sure so that'll kind of derail my ability to travel for a while which is cool like i'm willing to make that sacrifice obviously <laughs>
1: baby baby laird 3.0 maybe coming up 2020 no,
0: there's no plan for that right, ever Two, Two's the cap um yeah um but yeah
1: that um, that just travel in general has been yeah Difficult
0: out of, out of the US. Um, yeah. And there's just really not a lot happening like on the Wallace front because of that. And even like one thing we've noticed is we're trying to get like, you know, ARC's review copies of some of the more recent academic monographs um that have been coming out in the last year or so. And like when we query some publishers, like we don't get anything back from them, which is like really different from the way like Bloomsbury has treated us in the last five years, which is like we had this contact she'd be like yes great what else do you want what else can i send you um and now it's like we can't even get responses from from these places which i assume like has to do with the tightness of what covid has done to the publishing industry i'm sure right and so
1: yeah and i, I, was like, I just way, can't like, read i mean yeah. i don't know about you but i cannot read a fucking pdf on the screen
0: no i just like
1: yeah. as a book that totally. to me is not the same experience as no. like laying in bed and having something yeah. you can write in the margins of and putting yeah. a pencil in it and you know yeah, just, I just can't through. look at
0: a screen reading for that yeah. long yeah me it's, too it's like totally um like I say this to my high school students a lot like you have to give your reader like a visual break yeah. you know like if you get a wall of text and there's no paragraph breaks like you have to ease the visual burden on the reader by using like these natural organizational pauses with paragraphs I feel like reading a PDF of like a monograph, like doesn't, even though it has paragraph breaks, obviously it's like, there's no visual break. <laughs> That's a weird comparison. But, I mean, yeah,
1: n- no, I feel the, the complete same way is just uh, it, it's, a, it's really two different experiences. Like yeah. you're in front of a screen or you're in front of a book um, yeah. and,
0: and, and you're, I both look at our computer for like nine hours a day for work. So like yeah. I don't want to do that in my free time. Totally. Unless it's like something really fun, like a video game or movie or TV. Totally.
1: Um, so that that is, you know, one complication right now. I think it's changing as we speak. There are more opportunities to get um, printed books in front of us um, and to interview more people who get that their work isn't represented as best on a screen, but as a, on a piece of paper so you know i'm excited about that but i also think um 2022 will be great whenever we do have conference back here in austin um you know we were not able to have the wallace conference in 2020 for obvious reasons 2021 is still a bit up in the air but there is a yeah, con- amsterdam. conference scheduled for amsterdam uh in october yeah um i think it's unlikely that I will be there or few people that we know will be there.
0: Yeah, I definitely will not be making Um, that with the new infant. (laughs) So
1: there will be, like I say, a lot of um, expectation and hopes and planning and just fun around being in Austin in early June of 2022. And, you know, anyone invited, anyone listening is invited. Uh, There will be more details coming up soon, but it'll be first weekend in June of 2022 here in Austin at the Ransom Center, mm-hmm. University of Texas, we have a lot of great partners eager to renew their partnership with us, and uh, we will have some version of a podcast, either live or asynchronous, um, from there. And I think totally. it will be um, an exciting time. Mm-hmm. But between now and then, and really going forward, you know, I feel like you and I still want to do this show we still want to talk about this i'm still interested in the world of books mm-hmm. uh and like i said there's so many that are published that just don't get enough attention that i think you know we we want to try to bring even a small amount of attention yeah. to
0: totally with our with our millions of listeners
1: uh, I wouldn't say millions, but it's no small thing. <laughs> like, you know, we're into the thousands I'm of joking. listeners.
0: We're <laughs> yeah, into a, cu- a couple of thousands seems about pretty consistent, I would say.
1: And um, do yeah. you want to give a kind of a rundown of what, what this change means or doesn't mean or what's not changing?
0: Sure. Um, one more thing I'd add about um, why we're sort of, you know, choosing a, new, a slightly new direction is that um, the number one piece of feedback, I think, that we seem to be getting – from people who write into us on our email, is that um, they just love hearing about all the new book recommendations and authors on our show that we talk about and that they maybe haven't heard of before. Um, that you know, like they feel like they're they're increasing their depth as readers, uh, always adding fresh books and authors to their stack. And like I would say that that's super true for me. Just talking to you, Matt, yeah. and to like people like Mike Miley and millions of other guests that we've had. Uh, where I'm just like, I haven't heard of any any of these writers that you're talking about. And then I just, you know, add them to the list. And so it's a very expanding experience for me to do the show. Um, and I feel like I've grown a lot as a reader as well. So, you know, seeing that all the time coming in with emails, it's always like, okay, uh, have you guys read this? Have you read this? You know, and we'll be like, yes or no. And then we'll bounce back with some other titles. And we end up having this great conversation with a lot of listeners about like just what we're reading or we're listening to watching. Um, and, and those conversations are like never really have that much to do with Wallace specifically quite often. Sometimes we get a very specific Wallace related, uh, you know, email or something, but like, we're starting to just get the sense that like maybe we don't have to be so limited in our, in our topic. Um, and we can sort of expand into, into the world of contemporary, you know, literary fiction in you know, a, in a less pigeonholed kind of way, I guess.
1: Well, and I think I've told this story before, but this is really how the Wallace list, the email list was yeah.
0: started. Yeah. Was that pension, right?
1: Right. And it's just that the people who read one thing, you know, they can't get enough of this other thing. And so they're always looking for like, what is something else like this? Yeah. And that's true of podcasting totally. too. Yeah. um but it's very true of the people who are drawn to a book like infinite and say okay i've read this i've read gravity's rainbow i've read
0: you mm-hmm. know
1: underworld by Don not like w- are some other what stuff else is like this right yeah. what what are you guys reading and it's like yeah. there's another group of people who can just say like oh you need to go read you know sergio de la pava and yeah
0: Bolaño and
1: novel explosives and yeah. they give you a long list and yeah. then and then I would say what's really interesting to me is there's another group of people who are like, okay, after you've read all of that shit, there's another list that's, <laughs> that's like here. And it's yeah. like, you know, not just the recognitions and Joseph McElroy, but it's stuff that's like none of you have ever heard of. And then <laughs> there's another list on top of that. That's like, yeah. those people are like, no, go back and read this yeah and, yeah and and to me there's that's, like
0: masonic depth to to the world of books in a way like l- like layers of more advanced gnosticism in a way like se- right. secret higher knowledge
1: so you know we have not talked about freemasonry much on this show Dave, but you know i am you're speaking to a 32nd degree mason myself um through the scottish right
0: uh Which yeah, that that was part of my my reference. All
1: right, we're we're not going to get too much into that right now. But in general, with music, the similar uh, I think analogy works with like independent versus mainstream music. Sure. And there's much more hipsterism around. Like oh yeah. Oh well, I like Spanish. I'm sure you never heard of them. And to me, that's like (laughs) exemplified by Dave Laird, who's like (laughs) Dave (laughs) is able to say like, oh well, I'm sure you haven't heard of these like ten you know, British Columbian bands.
0: Yeah. And no, I mean, a lot of that stuff's just really regional, right?
1: Right. But I think the same can be true for books. Totally. And the people who are really into that shit that like people or books that you've never heard of other people have never heard of even well-read people. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me. Totally. And, and I think that that's way more interesting to me as a listener rather than just going through like, you know, what did Random House and Penguin and Simon & Schuster published this year? Um, You know, no offense, but like we want to go even beyond, you know, what some obscure booksellers and bookstores bring to mind and stuff. You're not going to find in a bookstore, period.
0: Yeah, I think that that can definitely be true.
1: So again, I think that a lot of the people who share the same tastes in Wallace, um, as a writer, would be interested in stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for us to really explore uh, some of those writers that we yeah. have not, you know, maybe we've read or or have read together, but we have not brought onto the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so to your question, what this what this means, what this you know name slight name change. Uh, you'll also no- noticed have noticed probably that our logo has changed. Uh, Chris Ayers has designed uh, this new logo for us, which um, was a really hard uh, challenge for me because I love Robin's drawing so much. That's been our our logo, and uh, Robin has been such a formative uh, person in the development of this show and ongoingly. And uh, like listening to me reading stuff as much as I have over the last six years, contiguous with our show, like it has just been really meaningful to me that she's been, you know, a piece of this. And uh, so changing it was mainly just to signify like we are, you know, sort of rebranding a little bit here going in. A, I hate the word branding, but we're going in a, in a slightly different um, direction. And so that's one of the things that, that this change means. But really, like, I think if, if you were to say, what is our podcast about going forward? I think it's just basically like, we are just going to continue the ongoing discussion of contemporary, you know, American and world fiction with more interviews uh, with writers and creative folks and other cool stuff that like really interests us uh, in the world of, of literary and pop culture, I think is really sort of which is mostly what the show has been um, with just maybe a bit of a hyper focus.
1: You know, with that too, (laughs) um, you know, mentioning Robin's artwork, which was key to us and um, her being one of the first guests. And, you know, for people who haven't listened to that episode one, I would say just Google Robin O'Neill R O B Y N. O apostrophe n-e-i-l and yep. look at her artwork go read some interviews with her and she's a major american artist and mm. i'm super proud of any affiliation between yep <laughs> our, our our little show and her yeah um because i was a huge
0: fan of hers for years and years before we started doing this and, uh, and yeah. you
1: were and really you you are the one that pushed to use her artwork for our show and like i really love mm. um everything that we have got to even you know see from her and you know listen to her show yeah. um, and that brings me into a little bit of the thank you part of this episode which is like not just thank you to Robin but like thank you for everyone who has hung in with us for you know almost six years of us doing yeah. this show totally. Um, and the people especially I want to give a shout out and I want to ask you to give a bunch of shout outs after this, but like the people who have um, who I am really appreciative of people who have emailed us, mm-hmm. people who have listened to an episode and said, Hey, I'm just going to send you guys an email. Concavity show at gmail.com. Every single one of those emails is like just absolute treasure to me. And like yeah. I say, I've never gotten any other feedback like this in my life mm-hmm. and it really does mean a lot. And so like, uh, everyone who's taken the time to send one of those emails like yeah. i want to say thank you too um yep. it's really made me feel like that we are part of a community here yeah yeah and you know we i don't know i'm just very grateful
0: yeah i feel it totally
1: and the people who yeah. have given money through our patreon like i'm super yes. grateful for that
0: yeah that is another um, feeling of like uh radical affirmation human empathy, support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like I really, I, I like what you're doing enough uh, consistently that I'm just going to like give you money. Well, <laughs> like, wow,
1: well really... and you know, I, I have to say, I have done that with some people who I really just want to support as well. Um, but also the people who have left reviews on Apple podcasts and like written reviews for the show. Yeah. Um, like those people are absolute saints in my opinion. And, um, you know, so much positivity we've gotten from people. Um, you know, it, it's asking a lot to ask you to go even find how to do that, to write a review on Apple podcasts yeah. and then the people who have done it, it's just, you know, it's really stunning to me that the, the number of really great encouraging, um, Mm-hmm. reviews that we've gotten those people it's it's just so so yeah. great so thank yeah. thank you to those people totally um who else dave parquet uh, courts I'll
0: say, oh yeah we're gonna uh, we're obviously keeping that uh that's not going anywhere as far as we're planning um yeah people who have just come up to us at conferences and and been like hey i'm this person um you've never met me i've never written in but like i've listened to your show and thank you so much. And, you know, like, it is, it is so cool to like meet somebody who's listened to everything we've ever put out. And like, we didn't know they existed until now, kind of a yeah. thing. Um, and just people like coming up to us and saying that is, is incredibly meaningful and life affirming for sure.
1: And it's, it's actually happened to me a couple of times at the ransom center as well. Yeah. has um, Cool. And I, I've actually, now that you say that, I realize like our, podcast has existed longer than the society has and you know i think part of the reason why you know we wanted to um create the society is to keep that sense of community going outside of the
0: conferences conferences yeah right
1: and so that that sense of people who would say oh you know i can't travel there but uh you know i'm listening to you Mm -hmm. in this foreign country and you know yeah. the, the the society we've got something like thirty different countries of people who've joined, um, maybe even more, forty different countries, yeah. and you know to get the same kind of response of people who listen to the show um, all over the world uh, is really stunning to me, um, and it really does make me feel like you know we're at a pub somewhere, like it could be you know in Malaysia, it could be in Australia, it could be in Israel or wherever, like in South Africa. And like, we can have the same kind of conversations, um, you know, around a couple of pints. And that yeah. that's exciting to me.
0: Totally, I agree. Yeah.
1: So what else, we're Cavity Cavity show now. Uh, we are gonna make some new merch at some point. Um, yeah,
0: so um, like, this also means that like, we, we still get, are gonna have the same website, same social media accounts, Patreon podcast subscription feed won't change. So you don't have to make any changes on your end dear listener uh it's still going to come through it's just going to have a slightly different name and a different logo uh but like all the banter all the gags all the uproarious humor and you know continuity that you've come to <laughs> love and expect from
1: us. No, no more gags from me sorry no more gags. Yeah,
0: Matt is Matt is going serious uh here on out yeah. so yeah. You know, But yeah, um, I just, I just kind of feel like um, the analogy came to me kind of recently of like Eric Clipperton in Infinite Jest of like running around the tennis court with a gun to his head and just like, he has to win. Otherwise it's curtains. And like in a, in a very small way for us, like we always have to bring the conversation back to Wallace because that's like the title of the show. And we're, we're just kind of like beholden to this, to this thing. and, And maybe we can just put. that down a little bit and and broaden our tennis game you know what i mean um and that kind of leads me into the question of what this doesn't mean this this sort of slight change and what this doesn't mean is that we're never going to talk about wallace again or even have like wallace specific episodes again in the future because i definitely think we will uh i think it's very likely possible you mentioned like we might do a live episode from the Wallace conference next year. And obviously that's going to be some high octane Wallace content. Um, So it doesn't mean that we're not still, you know, highly interested in, interested in Wallace in Wallace studies in, you know, the monographs that are continually being put out on Wallace uh, the community that's developed around his work and the show and all that stuff. Uh, Obviously you mentioned we're both still on the society. You know you're working vigorously towards the austin conference next year in 2022 you still run the wallace listserv you know we're, all, we're obviously both going to go to every wallace conference that we can in the future um so there's no changes in like our interest areas for sure
1: well and right now i'm the managing editor of the journal
0: and also uh, though yeah for sure so and <laughs> so that also work can, will continue do
1: a lot of the uh, pretty much all of the fulfillment of the orders of the journal so if you mm-hmm. want a copy of issue number three of our journal of David Foster Wallace studies um mm-hmm. yes we do have new merch we have new coasters and stickers that say journal of David Foster Wallace <laughs> studies um and you know we've actually got like issue four is in good shape and we've got issue five and six and like There's a long future of David Foster Wallace studies and we want to talk to as many of those people as possible. But you know, what we were saying earlier, like the people that we have on are interesting people and we want to be able to follow our own interests as well uh, when it comes to books, especially. Mm -hmm. And I would say this change is really reaffirming what we've always been, which is a books podcast. Yeah. And that we, talk about literature because that's you know for me that's like my first love and i always i'm still interested in the world of books i really want to stay engaged with it in every way that i can Mm -hmm. and this is a way for us to explore that a bit
0: more yeah totally um yeah i mean it doesn't mean that we're not interested in talking about wallace in like Emails still in our social media stuff. Like we will still, you know, post repost, whatever current Wallace related news and articles and scholarship and always happy to keep that kind of conversation going with with folks for sure. Um, Yeah. So So
1: anything else about the relaunch you want to talk about with the name um, before we talk a little bit about what we're doing right now and then um, we can wrap things up a bit.
0: Yeah, I guess so some exciting new things to sort of celebrate here with this like soft reset is, uh, as we mentioned, a new, slightly new, different, slightly different name to sort of. So the great concavity is a very specific reference to Wallace and Infinite Jest, right? So concavity show is like there's still a a vestige of that, but it's not quite the whole mouthful. So uh, as part of our our sort of soft reset here, uh, we're going to. We've been talking about reworking some of our Patreon tiers as well. Uh, We're thinking of adding probably a $5 tier in which we offer bonus content. So um, like post show discussions. And and what we're thinking of for that is that we're going to talk to each of our guests about what their top five books of all time are. So to really get it, like here are the grand favorites. So we'll offer that at the the $5 tier and we're going to offer we're gonna try and work with uh, some kind of online store that does, you know, like shirts and mugs and all kinds of paraphernalia that you can have our new logo on from Chris Ayers, um, and we'll offer discounts to certain Patreon tiers and things like that. So stay tuned for that. We'll have we'll have more on that in other channels later, um, but uh, exciting things at work there. Tiers one and two will probably remain the same. Um, tier three, we might alter slightly. We've kind of found that the merch send out thing is like actually a lot more expensive than we originally thought because of international postage (laughs) stuff within the U S is fine, but then like sending stuff abroad is quite expensive. So
1: we'll, we'll still do some down the road, but, um, you know, if you have ideas on this too, of what you want, yeah, um,
0: totally. Uh, We'd love to hear from you, you on this. You know,
1: there's a lot that we haven't done, Dave. I think um, some other possibilities are things like um, Instagram Live and bonus content mm-hmm. stuff that's... yeah. Um, but but again, if you just subscribe to the podcast and listen to us on the reg, you will not miss a thing. Like, you will be yep. happy here yep. uh, listening to us. We're hoping... I You know, I would love to do like one new thing a month. I know we've been a little bit on un- um, yeah. irregular, but yeah. we are trying to be a little more regular in the future. And I think that this gives us a lot of more freedom to do that.
0: I think so too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: More to come follow us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> for that updates. I would say yeah. uh, before we leave today, Dave, do you want to talk a bit about what you've been reading, watching, etc.? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... Let me get my list. So right now I'm reading The Last Samurai by Helen DeWitt, which um, is a book that came up in an email from a listener. They were like, hey, have you guys read this? And I was like, I've never heard of this. And then they talked about it a bit and it sounded cool. And so I've been reading it. I'm almost done. I was actually hoping to finish today, but I didn't get a chance. Uh, It's about kind of a like child prodigy who's learned like dozens and dozens of languages by the time they're five, including like ancient Greek. It's like reading Homer and the Iliad, the Odyssey in original Greek and kind of contiguous to that. They're also like a math genius. And um, then in like a personal level, they're trying to like find their father because they don't really know who their father is. And they end up just talking to all these like geniuses who they think their father might be. So that's been that's been a cool book. I like it quite a bit. There's a lot of linguistic stuff. Obviously the film The Last Samurai factors heavily into it, which makes not, me not
1: the time Cruise film.
0: Not the time Cruise film, that's right. <laughs> the like black and white Japanese film. Right. Yeah. Uh Seven Samurai specifically. Yeah. Um, I read Red Pill by Hari Kunzru recently, you which was your favorite book, I think. Was it last right. year in our um, end of year review? Yeah, yeah I uh, recommended that, that. That was quite a cool book. Uh, I've read a couple Brandon Hobson novels, where the dead sit talking, and um, the Removed, both of which I really adored. A great Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczuk is something I read recently, which really, like, you cannot name a book a better title than that, in my opinion. That is the most metal, face melting, captivating book name.
1: Did you finish that added. book? Did you like it? I am-
0: I did, I did, I liked it a lot. Uh, we we can talk about these more in depth, you know, in our year in review episodes. But um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was quite good. Um, Jessica Anthony, when she was on our show, she recommended Deb Olin Unferth, who's an Austin writer, and I read Barn Eight by her recently, and I thought that was fantastic. I read Intimations by Zadie Smith, that really short, short. essay collection. I read it in like an hour. Yes like a great way to spend an hour um a lot of reflections on like the covid year the lockdown year adam levin recommended to us the organs of sense by adam ehrlich Sachs, which i read uh, like a couple months ago and it is a fascinating and very funny and cool little book uh really about astronomy and i thought that was great forgotten work by jason guriel who's a canadian writer is uh something i came across recently mutual friends recommended it it's a like an epic prose poem about also read this book yeah it's pretty great huh yeah it's bananas an epic prose poem that's like set in a kind of a future 40 30 years in the future um about a band who recorded some music that is like so obscure by this later point that there's just become a really obsessed fan community was trying to find these lost recordings of this band. It's all written
1: in like heroic couplets.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's unreal. Um, So I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I got to Saunders new book, swim in the pond in the rain about the, the eight Russian short stories. Um, I've got four more to list of what I've read this year. And then (laughs) you can go. (laughs) What, what, uh, what else? What else? What um, else? I, f- I finished the Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead this year, which I previously had started a couple of years ago, and for whatever reason I I left it, and then I decided to come back to it, which I'm really glad I did because it was great. And also, the Amazon Prime show just came out right. last week of it, so I've watched the first episode. Thought it was extremely moving, and the cinematography is glorious. And like very close to that, I read The Water Dancer by tanahasi Coates, and I loved that too both really interesting takes on saga of slavery in the U S and like the water dancer is a very magical realist bent to it. And the underground railroad isn't quite magical realist, but it almost is like it's revisionist in a way where the underground railroad is a literal railroad underground throughout the U S. So it's not necessarily like that. That could have been physically possible, I guess not very likely, but like, there's nothing magical about it, but um, that they both play with these historical situations in a way that is, I thought, pretty cool. And I liked Lean on Pete by Willie Vlautin. Great, great little book that you bought for me when I was in Austin two years ago. Uh, He's got a new one coming out that I'm very excited for. And I read The Death of Vivek Oji by Akweaki Meze. They're a pretty phenomenal writer. They're getting a lot of traction. They're on the cover of Time magazine uh, most recently. So if you haven't read Akwaiki Amaze, I recommend them. Freshwater, most specifically. I really like Freshwater a couple of years ago. And the last one I read this year was I Hotel by Karen Tai Yamashita, which is pretty big, pretty long. I like some aspects of it, but I'm not sure the payoff is quite what I was hoping for in that. 600 or so pages but um i think you you have that on on the shelf matt yeah um, your possible read I,
1: i've never finished it i got bogged down yep. in the i hotel mm-hmm. um i really like her um tropic of orange mm-hmm. uh, which is a, another book of hers but um, okay yeah i have a few things that i've finished recently and then a few things that i have in process right now mm-hmm So, yeah, I finished probably uh, a few books recently that you've kind of mentioned. One is the new Willie Voughton book, who I absolutely love. I love him. Mm -hmm. Um, His new book is called The Night Always Comes. I highly recommend it. It's set in Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. and it's about a a poor woman who's struggling to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, the whole book takes place in about a day or two and it's fantastically plotted i highly recommend it i think he's mm. um just a really great uh realist and attra- his storytelling
0: is great like his yeah. prose is really like straightforward yeah like it kind of reminds me of cormac mccarthy in a way or it's just like pretty like concrete sentences but like short sentences there's something really addictive about his storytelling style
1: yeah i mean you yeah. can tell that like with both of those writers that the they go over, and maybe even DeLillo too, they they go over their work a lot. Um, And I would actually put Brandon Hobson in that group too. Yes. Um, And that, you know, I've gone back and and read um, all of Brandon's work again in the past few months, Mm -hmm. including his first book, which I really love, called Deep Ellum. And Mm. Deep Ellum is a neighborhood in Dallas, which is like the cool, hip neighborhood, but it's pretty bleak in um, Brandon's first book. And what I love about that book is it's one of those books where not a lot happens plot wise. It's like just a guy kind of roaming around. You live through his thoughts, um, and I absolutely love books and movies like that where it's like not a lot's going on plot wise. It's a character-driven yeah. thing. It's a character book. Um, That's it's-
0: really like the distinction of like what separates literary fiction from you know popular fiction. I, I, it really could like...
1: be i feel like that's one distinction for sure yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. and on that same note as i read this little short book uh, in the past couple of months called mona by an argentinian writer named pola Olixarac. I, I don't even know how to say her last name olishirac mm-hmm. um olishirac mm-hmm. um pola it's o-l-o-i-x-a-r-a-c-a-c Anyways, she's an incredible writer. I got her first book called Savage Theories. Mona is a very short book, and it's about a writer going to um, kind of a literary retreat in Sweden. So it's almost oh, yeah. like uh, mids-, midsummer, right? It's, uh, uh, yeah. like, like, there's some <laughs> the crazy film. shit that goes on. Oh, um, yeah. And I really like that book. You could read it in like two days, maybe max like a day. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a very short book. I really love that book. I also reread a book uh, that I first got maybe last year or the year before, and I haven't talked about much on the show, but I really love this book called Loop by Brenda Lozano. And I Mm. think I mentioned it to you. It was published in Mexico uh, in like 2014, 2015 under the title um, Cuaderno Ideal, which is like Ideal Notebook. And mm-hmm. I think that's a much better title than loop, but, uh, Charco, Charco press out of Scotland, uh, published it, I think in 2019. And I read it in 2019 and then just reread it again this past month. And it's a fantastic, um, kind of fragmentary novel. Um, and if you're really into stationary, which I am, you would love this book, but also if you're, <laughs> it's, it's also kind of a retelling of the odyssey. from from the the woman's point of view right of like waiting while your like lover is far away and waiting for him to return Mm -hmm. um and there are a lot of loops built into it it's all set in mexico city which i have this like long-term abiding fascination with mexico
0: oh mexico city is Um, glorious yeah What a great place
1: We'll get more to that later, but uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I also, uh, Brenda is a contributing editor at ugly duckling, ugly duckling press. Mm-hmm. And they just came out with a book that I am over the moon about called M slash W by a writer named Matt Longabuco. And this book is an long form essay about the movie, The Mother and the Whore, uh, directed by Jean Eustache. La Mama et la Poutine. And this is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's three and a half Mm. hours long, almost four-hour long movie. It's 1973, I think. Takes place in Paris. is black and white. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's absolutely riveting. It sounds crazy, but it's a dialogue-driven movie, character-driven movie. And there's not much critical work on it. It's actually hard to find this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt Longobuco, this book just came out, I think, last month um, in the US called M/W, which is slightly a take on the Roland Bart book, S/Z. You know that oh, book? Okay. Um, and The Mother and the Whore, M/W. Mm-hmm. He's kind of doing this takeoff on that. It's a really well-written, interesting book, mm. um, super short. Uh, I've also started uh, Derek Delgadio's memoir called A Moral Man. Um, Derek Delgadio is kind of is this,
0: a moral man or a moral man. Like all one word. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> all one word. A moral so, man. Okay. Yeah. And he, no morality. That guy. Uh,
1: that's, I mean, that's up for debate, right? But he, <laughs> he's got, he's got this um, special on Hulu. So I watched the special on Hulu and it's fascinating and he's actually a really good writer, part of which takes place in Colorado Springs where I lived for a while. So I was very interested in that. How does someone become a sleight of hand magician in this day and age? Um, He kind of gives you his backstory. It's very well, it's got amazing blurbs, Jelani Cobb, go read it. Uh, I I would highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have, three other things to talk about, and then we'll move on. Um, setting you up three things.
0: <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it.
1: Uh, one is the book uh, that I got from Library of America recently. I subscribed. I think I talked about this last year. During COVID, subscribe to Library of America, get their books. Um, and it's by an American writer I've never read. Very exciting. Uh, named Ann Petrie. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. I think maybe I sent you a text about this. Mm. Um, she has a, a two-volume or two books set. One book called "The Street," one novel called "The Narrows," mm. and I think "The Narrows" is considered her masterpiece, but "The Street" is her debut novel. It came out in the late nineteen thirties, uh, and it's about like a single black mother living in Harlem in the late nineteen thirties, and it's a very realistic, extremely well written. Um, you know, highbrow literature, but yet you're able to read it. I would put it like with Invisible Man, Black Boy, Richard Wright. It's like that. Um, And I'm really into it. The Street. I haven't read The Narrows yet. It's the same book. Um, The other exciting thing, penultimate, I want to mention is the galley. I just started reading of Kyle Beachy's new book.
0: Oh yeah, most I got that in the mail thing. too. Most I'm fun so thing. excited to read that, yeah.
1: Dude, I'm I'm like 100 pages into this book and I'm Oh good. fucking fascinated by this book. And it's yeah. so uh mature. It's called the most fun thing. It's mostly about skateboarding. Yeah. But a lot of it is really just about like growing up in the 80s mm-hmm. and uh you know what skateboarding culture symbolized, what it was like, yes. what it's like now. Um, you know, for a guy in his forties and, you know, Kyle's a friend of the show. He's been yeah. on the show before. I'm sure we'll have him back to talk about this book.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I was and, thinking that
1: too. you know, it is such a great um, distillation of who he is as a writer, as a person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, I think the book comes out soon. It'll probably be out by That's the time in August. people yeah. hear this, um, but it's called the most fun thing. And I, which is
0: also his Instagram handle and has been right. ever since I've known it, that he existed so right he's and he's been does, working on this for a while
1: <laughs> and he does talk a lot about you know Wallace's idea of the definition of fun oh yeah right? and like supposedly cool. fun thing it sounds yeah. like it the most fun thing sure um, but I, you know Kyle I think is a super bright dude and we'll have a lot um, to say about this because I I am really impressed by that book
0: mm. um, I cool. love it I read the first two pages as soon as I got it in the mail, and it was about benches. Yeah, just like the concept of the bench, which for skateboarders is is huge because that's an obstacle, like one of the most you know standard skateboarding obstacles on which to do tricks. Well, I um, can't
1: I can't wait to hear what else you think about it because once you get to yeah, page I'm, thirty, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, you get into uh, a lot of talking about skateboarding videos.
0: Oh yeah. Um, the history I've spent a fair few viewers. hours watching those in my day. <laughs> you,
1: would, you would love to get the history of that, but then also him getting into, um, you know, really just the culture of yeah. what was it like growing up in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the last book that I want to mention that I'm reading, uh, it's on my nightstand. I just got this week is my buddy, Daniel Oppenheimer, and he has a new book out right now called far from respectable that is it's a nonfiction book about the art critic dave hickey um mm-hmm. do you know dave hickey he i don't think so I he wrote know. It about well no, you should go read him he wrote a, a one of the greatest like books of art criticism ever called mm-hmm. air guitar you know air okay. Guitar." Um, and he was a texan partly you know he lived in nashville lived in vegas but he identified with texas for a long time lived in texas and there's never been a biography of him um there's never been sort of a critical analysis of what dave hickey meant to okay the art world and uh my buddy dan who lives here in austin um just wrote this book and it's fantastic it's out right now from ut press here in austin um, so if you have any interest at all in I would say contemporary art and uh, art galleries I'm sure you know Dave Hickey mm-hmm. and if you have any interest in Dave Hickey go read Dan Oppenheimer's new book called Far from Respectable which is really trying to say like does Dave Hickey matter now you know what does he have to say to our generation um, it's really it's really a great book this is yeah. very very short too like i love these books that are like an extended essay
0: right? <laughs> you know it's like yeah.
1: an essay about this i love books like that mm-hmm. so Amazing. um that's where i'm at that's where my head's at um yeah. i probably got other things that could take me off track sure. but uh <laughs> you know i was going to ask you, i was going to ask you dave like before we go too. like if you wanted to give me shout outs do you have a list of shout outs people you want to give a shout out to
0: uh we've covered a lot of them uh you know shout out to everyone who's hung in with us for six years um who shared their love of wallace of books other adjacent uh interests um shout out to the this community that's that's sort of um come around us and helped like make the show what, it, what it's become so far um we mentioned all of the moral support and emails and Uh, people who have like bought us beer and nachos and stuff Uh, that's been really cool (laughs) just like on a human level to connect with people who've who like you know listen to what we do Um, to Robin of course to Parquet Courts to Andrew Savage specifically Um, and uh, you know I really I really am thankful for our friends Matt Luder and Mike Miley and Rob Short who are all like really familiar names on the show but like the five of us correspond quite frequently and uh, they've been a great sounding board for us over the years on ideas about the show and you're probably gonna hear lots from them and about them in the, in the future of this show as well. Um, and uh, shout out to Matt Booker, uh, my oh. good friend who, uh, who took a chance on, uh, on trying, you know, recording a conversation almost six years ago and like, here we are now six years later and uh so it's it's been a ride buddy thanks for for everything you've done for uh this community and for the show and um it's been it's been a real fun time with you
1: well and, and thanks to dave laird too i don't know if i've i've pointed this out on the show i'm sure i have in the past but dave does all the editing for our show and so i get to feel like uh you know the guy who just shows up and talks and dave does all the hard work <laughs> so thank you dave for doing all the hard work over these five and a half years <laughs> and uh no, thanks for putting up with me being temperamental and uh i wanted to give one special shout out to my uh buddy who i know through the wallace world created the um infinite map bill oh Bueller? yeah bill butler Bueller. And yeah. he and his wife are celebrating a new baby this week. Oh, congrats! So, that's uh, awesome. It's a Bill Butler new generation uh, Billy, their baby, oh, uh, just born yesterday. So I wanted to give them oh, wow, shout that's out. That's cool. Yeah, awesome. so wanted to give him a shout out again. A guy I've known for a long time through, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Wallace World. And I feel like that's like most of the people I know. Yeah, you know, outside of my neighborhood here is people that i've met through this wallace world so that's not changing that's still who i am that's still my identity yeah um and i you know i just want to give a shout out to everyone that i've got to beat up i'm very proud of the number of people i've got to meet up with over the years yeah um you know it, it does sort of harken back to those old days where you could you know everyone had a voice and you could actually listen to them and get to know them and reach out to them so um i I like that and i'm really proud of this little community we have here so yeah me too thank you to everyone who's listening and you know everyone who has written into us Mm. and everyone who has
0: been a guest on the show too huge thanks to every person who's done
1: that it's (laughs) been a huge task that we've asked them to do and like um, you know, we're gonna make new stickers. Email me if you want a sticker. I have other stickers to send you. I got pencils, <laughs> I got coasters, I got journals, I got stuff I can send to you. So, like, you know, Dave, do you remember for years I sent out bookmarks, those Pale King bookmarks? Yep. yeah. Um, and I got people from, you know, years ago who would go back and listen to a show and be like, Do you have any bookmarks? I mm-hmm. finally ran out of those, but I do All have right, yeah. I do have other things I can send you. Cool. So just email me. And like, I love sending stuff through the mail and just writing to people, email me right back. Um, and you know, thank you for listening and let, let us know too, when you make your own show, because I think there are other people out there who want to make their own podcast, want to try it out.
0: Yeah. Like- uh, George Salas, who, um, he runs the kaleidoscope and, uh, And has been, you know, we've had lots of interaction with him over the years. He posted recently that he's starting a literary podcast. So I'm excited to see what George comes up with. There you go. Yeah. Again, we need more
1: voices. So if you thought about trying it, um, I think there's another show, The Last Sisyphus. Uh, Give them a shout out. There's a lot of other shows that we can mention, but please make more. Send us links. Uh, Let's keep in touch. You know, this has been great.
0: Totally. I hope that this news of like, you know, us moving in a slightly different direction is not like disappointing for the audience. I hope it's exciting. Uh, Like really what we're just trying to do here, I think is widen our scope a little bit and continue to bring, you know, conversations about great writers and books that we love and um, make a way for like new writers in the future to get a bit more press. Um, I also think too, like, you know, making a podcast about Wallace kind of has to assume that the listener has read at least, you know, a few things by him or, you know, probably infinite jest. Like I know people who are like personal friends who would be like, I'd like to listen to your podcast, Dave, but um, I'm never going to read infinite jest. Like I just can't read a book like that big or whatever. (laughs) So maybe like this will like uh, lower the barrier to entry for our show a little bit. Um, and it's, you, you don't have to have read Infinite Jest to, well, to listen to it. To our
1: credit, we've never you been know? an Infinite Jest show. We've oh, never it's true. Yeah,
0: it. it's true. We've never been specifically about that, but it certainly wouldn't have hurt to, you know, have read that book because we tend to circle back to it a lot. Um, no, and, uh, and maybe it means like our personal friends, Matt, will like maybe listen to our podcast in the future. If it's possible. Uh, I, I think, think maybe like two of my friends listen to this on a semi consistent basis.
1: I like how you assume that I have personal <laughs> friends. It's really, it's really generous of you, Dave. Yeah, I'm a really that's generous really guy, of, man. It's really yeah. kind of you. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, you know we're, we're trying to be the Terry Gross, right? The the, uh, the next Fresh Air. We can interview every, everybody, but now we do have a lot of interesting people in the pipeline yeah we do uh, that's some
0: exciting stuff
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of people that we want to talk to and uh you know hit record and hope that you know you can listen in while you walk the dog mow the yard do the dishes do Mm. something else with your life uh drive that's usually what i listen to drive yeah for sure well i don't have a commute anymore but soon i will but sure yeah uh, I, we, again, we really just appreciate people spending time with us. Like it's been, I don't want to sound too like over the top about it, but like yeah. when you put something out like this, you never know if, you know, you're going to get two downloads and that's like, you, you know, you and your mom clicking on it. <laughs> um, yeah. But we, we've been very lucky to get, uh, you know, a good amount of people who want to be part of this. And so yeah we, we want to keep it going. Well, we don't want to let you down.
0: Totally. And I'm still having fun talking to you every month.
1: Totally, man. This is, if nothing else, an excuse for me and you to hang out.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Very specifically, I want to thank two new patrons, Riley Maxwell, who wrote into us and said, like, hey, I kind of just discovered you late. I've listened to the entire show from the episode one to now in the last six months, which, like, I haven't crunched the numbers, like 58 divided by six. So." a lot. Um, you know he's listening to like a lot of episodes <laughs> so thanks Riley for uh for just binging that's really cool that you um you know spent a lot of your 2021 20, doing that um and we want to thank Matt Watson really specifically as well for uh for joining for you know supporting what we're doing in in this very specific way uh every little bit helps us um you know pay for our costs and mailing stuff out and new logos and you know all those things and like um it's just it's really cool to like have that uh sort of community as well behind us we really appreciate it
1: so more to come from concavity show uh yeah we have a, a couple of episodes that are already booked that are coming up and i feel like we have a lot to talk about so stay with us
0: yeah uh, we haven't talked about, we have a couple copies of Enter the Ardvark by Jessica Anthony that were sent to us by Bowen Dunnan, who's uh, a listener who actually works at Little Brown. And uh, Bowen sent us each a couple copies of the paperback of Enter the Ardvark, which is Jessica's newest book, which we had her on a few episodes ago to discuss. Uh, we were thinking about contest ideas, but we never actually landed on how the contest would work. I would say
1: just email us if you want one. I have one. Uh, I also have a copy of uh, a Greg Carlisle book called Nature's Nightmare.
0: Oh yeah, about oblivion. About,
1: about oblivion. If you want a copy of that, um, email me, and you know we'll try to just um, I don't know pick randomly from whoever emails. If anyone's even, still listening. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> How about this? We actually talked about doing one specifically Canadian very draw. Good. I'll send it. I'll send mine to the Canadian and then one, you know, it's American or, or otherwise. So uh, if you live in Canada, email us, mention your Canadian specifically. We'll uh, we'll put your name in a hat and we'll draw from all the Canadians and then we'll do another hat from everyone else. And the one random lucky winner will say maybe like two weeks after this episode launches, after the day it launches, email us in the next two weeks and then we'll So I do a draw. I, I,
1: I will say also for runner-ups there, I might also have extra copies of issues number one, two, and three of our journal of David Foster. All-Star. Oh, great. Cool. And I might also have an extra copy of the DT Max book. If anyone wants that, um, I long story, but I ended up with a box of them. So oh, did you? <laughs> um, I know he ain't listening right now, but, uh, I long story. I ended up hey, with a box of them. <laughs> if you are, uh, he's not i'll go take uh, i talked to him the other day he, i know he don't listen as far into the episode but um he I, I have a couple of extra copies i could send you one if you would want a book enter the vlog. that's number one yeah number two the greg carlisle book i've also got the dt max book and the journals. so email us what you're interested in we'll try to help you out
0: yeah and a huge thanks to Bo and Dunnan for, uh, for reaching out to us about a lot of great books uh, that he had recommended for us and, uh, and for sending us these copies. So rad. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that covers everything that we had.
1: Until next time again, next time. watch this space. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Yeah. I have a few things that I've finished recently and then a few things that I have in process right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Hang on a second. I'm going to get another drink. I'll be
0: right back. (laughs) sweet. What do you got now? Full dank, evil dankster. Evil, evil dankster. Dankster. The word dank in relation to Hazy's is hilarious. I love it. Uh,
1: yeah. Jordan's always like, are you, are you smoking this or drinking it? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs>